I'm Megan Gilger, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. Welcome, my friends. I am so excited to talk about light. I don't know about you guys, but for years, I really didn't understand how the sun and moon and everything worked and why it was so important. Because I think in our modern world that we just don't think about these things. And I have learned living on top of a hill, we're extremely exposed. We see the very sunrise and the sunset, no matter the time of year. Like, other than seeing it hit the horizon of the water and the rise of it from the water, though I see some of it in the winter, for the most part, we see everything. And so that goes for the moon as well. And it is really, really cool to pay attention to. I now fully believe that the earth is round. So (laughs) if you ever had questions, you just need to watch the sun. (laughs) So and how it moves. Because let me tell you, the sun is, particularly in the north, we have such a dramatic change in light. The the light that we get in January and December and November is completely different than even February, March, April, May, and then eventually June, and then it reverses. And even the colors it creates is different. And when we're planning our gardens, this can be incredibly confusing to figure out. Here we are. It is midwinter, and we still have a solid, let's see, half of February, March, April, May, and then June. So we have almost like four and a half, five months before we really are planting and seeing the sunlight at its full capacity. And when we're planting our gardens, this is not an easy thing. Let's say you have a new space. Let's say you're even wanting to expand this year. It is the most important thing with your planning, besides what we talked about last week with your feelings, your feelings are important, but the other thing is the sunlight. If you don't have adequate sunlight, you cannot grow things like, especially in Northern climates, like, uh, tomatoes, peppers, corn, watermelon, some other types of melons, squashes, all these things need a certain amount of maturity time. They need a certain amount of sunlight. And usually it's a minimum of six to eight hours minimum. Okay. I say that because Many times in cold climates, you need eight to 10. Reason being is we actually have eight to 10 hours of sunlight at minimum in the middle of the summer in Northern climates. That's our gift. It is short-lived. It is not always warm, but it is present. And so it can, it is so important to take advantage of where that sun will be located on your land or porch or property or whatever you have at your disposal to actually get what you need out of it. And so you don't want to put in a whole garden in a place where you're not going to (laughs) get that sunlight. And particularly in the Midwest or the Northeast or the Northern half of any part of the United States or in Canada, if you're in, you know, the lower Midwest, the South, you can be a little looser with these things. And I say that because Sometimes in the summer, we want shade. And actually, your growing season for tomatoes and peppers is actually going to be completely shifted from what we would use here in the north. So 
it's a, this is why it's so important to understand your zone as well, which is another whole conversation for another day, which we will have. But, and we have had in the past, but I'm happy to return to these things because they're common questions. But I also outside, there is like potato chip level snow falling right now that is absolutely incredible. I just have to note that as I'm having this conversation about sunlight, because we have not seen the sunlight today at all. It's just a gray snowstorm outside. <laughs> and so it's fun to talk about this because it's a reminder that the sun does exist. And it's lovely to remember that. But why I want to talk about this is because the arch, this is as somebody who is dyslexic and barely passed geometry and algebra two. Okay. I'm going to be honest here. I find this, I have tried to break down how to understand sunlight because it is a geometric shape and equation because you're working with angles of the sun and positioning in the sky and how it changes over time. But I think I've really nailed some of the details of it because I've been trying to explain it to our online community. And we're doing a whole session this week. We actually did it on Monday about all the how to understand this when we're setting a foundation or a structure of our where our boxes are going to go, how to face them, all of that. And so when we have a home and we have land and we have space, whether it's a quarter acre or less than that, or just like a postage stamp, you can take advantage of these things. Sometimes your backyard may not be the most ideal. Sometimes your front yard would be. So it's really important to understand these things. And if you don't have the perfect spot, look for a community garden because community gardens will offset some of those ideas because they ha will have a space that accommodates light very well. So that's why they're a community garden. So if you don't can't do everything at your home that you would like to, always make sure that you look into community options or be willing to start your own. So get creative, have fun. That said, all that to say, I guess, Sunlight is incredibly important, and we're going to talk about how to understand how the sun moves, but we're also going to quickly also talk about how you need to take advantage of looking at shadows and those trees that are around your home are about to have leaves. So if you moved into your home when either the leaves fell or the leaves didn't exist, come June... All those leaves are going to be there. And I will tell you right now, they create a lot of shade. So, <laughs> and that will also dictate the change of light. So I, it is absolutely fascinating to understand. And it's also really helpful. And it's still going to be confusing to you because you need to apply these ideas to your own space. So let's talk about some basic understandings of sunlight movement throughout the year how it's different in every season, but also how it returns to that same position every season. And you're going to understand why there's no case against a flat earth. So, <laughs> because we're going to be talking about, and I have a video version of this, so you'll see that I'm using hands. And in our online community, I actually posted a image in our beginner gardener course, I have a whole diagram to help you understand that that arch and how it moves like this. And it doesn't move like this or anything. It doesn't, <laughs> it moves like this and it, and like this. So 
I don't know how else to do that. It, it moves in a circular motion around us. And so it's super important to pay attention to. So let's jump into it. So first of all, before you even get going, before you even set it, you may be like, oh, this spot just looks so perfect for a garden. And maybe when you bought that home or you built that home, it felt like the perfect spot when you were doing the excavating or when, you know, whatever, maybe it's a brand new home, maybe not. Anyways, just because you think that spot is right does not mean it is. And I need you guys to step back, be willing to open your mind and change everything about what garden, about it that you know. Okay. So here's the deal. The sun during the winter solstice moves. It goes from and this is true of people in the north, okay, predominantly. This drama of this change lessens the further south you go and equalizes the closer you get to the equator, okay? Also another case against that flat earth concept. So as you get closer to the earth, your days are in the light is not as dramatically different. You also do not get these long days where you basically, the sun rises at 4.30 and starts rising at 4.30 and sets at nearly 11 when you finally lose light in the sky. So there's also that side of it, but you also don't get the really dark days. Um, so there's, there's pluses and minuses. So what happens is, is that light in the winter will move all the way to like, well, the sun always rises and sets from the east to the west, right? So let's start with that. During the fall equinox and the spring equinox. Equinox basically means that it is equal, right? So the sun will equally have the same amount of hours as as um, night hours. So it's equal daylight to nighttime sort of thing. So the sun sets or rises in the east exactly, on the fall equinox and on the spring equinox, and it sets directly due west. As we move further deeper into fall, closer to winter, the winter solstice, that sunlight narrows its path by moving south. It moves further south, right? So it goes southeast to southwest, and it is almost like do that, due southeast to due southwest in when at during winter solstice, then it slowly moves back to spring equinox. Okay. Then, and it seems like this, well, it's more like this. And then, um, as we move into summer, it moves North and you see, I'm going to shift this way. You can see how now that span has become a lot wider. It feels like not really, it's a geometric thing, but the path now is much longer and wider. So it has a longer time to go because now it's further north, east, northwest. So when it hits summer solstice, it is due northeast and due northwest, more or less. Now, these angles change depending on your own personal location. But that is the rough idea of how that sunlight will move around your home in your path. So if that still feels confusing, I would suggest looking at a compass, pulling it up 
and it will help you understand where that sunlight will be. You can also look at past sunrise, sunset times and directions as well through um, NOAA and all those sites. There's plenty of information. I would also suggest talking with your neighbors. Your neighbors are going to understand how the sunlight moves, particularly if they're gardeners. And they may have really good recommendations. Okay? So I don't want you to get too set on anything until you pay attention to that. Now that you understand that, you also have to take into consideration if that sunlight is coming all the way over and all the way down, are there any trees? That are or your home that are in that path. If they are in that path from east to west, where the sun moves, not west to east, that spot where that is will create a shadow. We have one at our house, but I utilize it because we have so much sunlight that it actually allows us to grow some cooler weather veggies for longer periods of time, but it's also slower to warm up. But it gets that east, like tons of west, warm west summer and fall light. So it allows us to extend and go further into the season later in the year. But we just don't get that early part of the season. Our chicken coop also does the same thing in our garden. It, I knew it would. I designed it with that intention to create spaces that didn't get as much sunlight. So we have like one area that is truly best for tomatoes. And if I grew tomatoes in the other one, it's not like it wouldn't work. It just, it's not going to be as strong of a crop. So I would want to use something that's more like a cherry tomato rather than a beefsteak in those situations. So you have to take into consideration because those shadows create microclimates. So one side could get a frost that night if it got too much shadow and the other side may not if it didn't get all that shadow because it got all that late warm sunlight. So it was totally fine ultimately, but if it didn't get certain light, it's going to struggle. Now, if you have this giant tree, this oak tree, and it's just beautiful and it's amazing, but right now it doesn't have leaves. And then in the summer, it shades your whole backyard, which is wonderful. Your backyard may not be your best option. And if you're not allowed to have a garden in your front yard, that may be a problem too. Please don't cut down the oak tree though. Okay. <laughs> I am really serious. That oak tree is a pillar of our ecosystem and we need it. So think about our ecosystem as a house. Oak trees are one of the most important ecological plants that we can have in our ecosystem. That's why they take so long to grow. They are so important. So if you have a giant tree, do not trim it. Do not touch it. Just embrace the fact that that is not where your garden is going to grow. And go find a community garden. Go find somewhere to garden with another group in another space. And that is okay because community gardens can be a real gift all their own. Plus, you can learn a lot. So I hope this is helpful. Like I said, the picture, you can look up online some more pictures and drawings of this. They can get pretty complicated. I don't want you to make it complicated. I want you to just understand this is the sun's movement. In the winter solstice, it is going to lean southeast to southwest in its movement. Equinoxes. It is going to be due east, due west, and in the summer, it is going to lean north. So it will be northeast to northwest. This drama that, you, that I'm talking about is exactly why the seasons, when we have summer in the northern hemisphere, the southern hemisphere is in winter. So 
think about that light movement and how that creates that dynamic. I know. I think I just proved the world is round again. So anyways, <laughs> um, that was not why you came here today was to hear that, but it does do that. And I think it's fascinating to understand the moon has a similar situation, but it has a different pole, a different rhythm because we are not circling it. It is circling us. So there is a whole nother type of movement. So we can get sun moon sets and things like that. Is the moon important in growing a garden? Absolutely. It has a pole. It has Think about how it affects tides. It affects your plants the same way. So it is important to understand. We're not going to dive into that today, but pay attention to these things. And this is why I love gardening is it makes us do that because Mary Oliver said, attention is the beginning of devotion. And she is right. So when you start having and paying attention, having to pay attention to these things, it begins you to fall in love with them in a completely new way and understand how you are intricately woven into that story. Okay. That's my thoughts for today. I hope this is helpful in your garden planning. If you want to dive into more and get support with your garden planning, get downloads, all of that, you know where to go. Head to the community and you can check it out. Community at freshexchange.com. Until then, my friend.